All right, everybody. It's Big Daddy, and uh, here we are with another Big Daddy and Friends, and I'm honored and I'm humbled. I don't know what the words I want to use because uh, our next guest is someone that I consider a dear friend, and we've done a lot together, and we've been a lot of different places together and uh, in be- far and in between. So everyone, uh, all you viewers and listeners, uh, let's welcome Bob Papa. Hey, Bob. Big Daddy, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, you know, just uh, I'm trying to emulate you. You know, you I don't know if I could ever emulate you because I think you do like 20 shows a day. So I'm just happy with one. I try. I try. (laughs) Always looking for a revenue stream. Oh, absolutely. I know. You know, it's uh, uh, me, you know, Kevin Weeks and I, we always joke around about you because Kevin says, oh, there's Bob Pop again. There's Bob Pop again. I'm like, yeah, man, he does more shows than... uh, I think you even got Strahan beat. You know, I thought he worked hard, but uh, I think you got him. Well, you gotta, you have to diversify. You got to be involved in a lot of different sports. That's the key. That that gets you in a lot of different places. Whether it's football, golf, boxing for NBC, SN. You know, you, you try to stay pretty well versed. And uh, you do a great job of it. So it's uh, I'm I as I get into this a little bit more and more. You know, I do pay attention and I watch guys like you and Glazer and Schefter and everybody just to take a little bit of uh, of something from each person and um, try to learn. You know, because obviously I'm an insurance guy, not a journalist, but uh, I'm uh, I'm learning the game little by little. Yeah. And it's a, it's about entertainment. You know, there's a there's a difference between being um, a host of a podcast or a play-by-play announcer, or a host of something, and then there's a journalist. I mean, and, and I think sometimes people get confused as to what it is. You know, journalists' job are to uncover the truth in a story or find out what has happened in a story and to dig deep, hopefully unbiased, but to dig deep into trying to get as close to the truth as possible to educate people on what happened. Yeah. We work in sports. We're not necessarily journalists. Uh, we're hosts. We're people that provide entertainment. We make give opinions on what's going on, hopefully insightful opinions. But uh, I think this is the fun side of the business. I, I have a blast because, you know, it's funny. You get your friends like yourself to come on, and, and you're just like, you're having that cup of coffee right now, and I'm having a protein shake. So it's basically we're, we're, we're sitting at Starbucks, so to speak, and we're shooting the shit, but we're, we're filming it. You know, that's exactly. I, I try to tell Voyeur, voyeurism for somebody. <laughs> they got a peek at your. They got a peek inside your house. You got the Arizona iced tea in there, I think. Yep, I do. I got the Fox and Friends and uh, the Super Bowl helmet from this year. You know, from the you know the Super Bowl correspondent stuff that I do with them, and uh, and you know you got to have my boys back there, Stray and OC, and then on the other side you got uh, Brady and Barry Sanders. So it's a it's a nice mixture. Yeah, you got it. it's nice. So fans get to check out your podcast just to see what's in Big Daddy's house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm an open book, man, so I can uh, I could share and and then you know I get the old hey man, can I get one of those helmets or can I get a, one of those? Yeah, listen, call Willie Hauser. He'll make you those that same uh, portfolio uh, of Strahan that I have up there, and all his most of those pictures that I have are his. You know, so you get a hold of him and he'll tighten you up. You just got to pay for it. That's all. There you go. I always got to pay for him. Exactly. So, uh, 
But anyway, you know, a lot of the fans, what they do is uh, that watch and listen to the show, they always send me one question. So I have a golf question for you. Um, what do you think of uh, Jordan Spath? Is he is he really back, or um, or do you think he'll be the favorite? You know, at the Masters this year. I don't think he'll be the favorite. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, I don't think you can declare a guy back until they actually win. He's playing better now. It's funny that the it's funny that one of your fans brought up Jordan Spieth because yeah. last night. Um, Lanny Watkins and I were talking, and Lanny's from Dallas, and um, and his son competed against Jordan, you know, in high school and stuff like that. And we're out here in Tucson because we're doing the uh, Colaguard Classic, and we got Phil Mickelson in the field this week. And I asked Lanny the same question. I said, "Do you believe in Spieth being back, you know, and being back ready to win?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "The things that he's done with his swing." to kind of get back to where he used to be, um, a little less mechanical, um, a little less to the inside, which means, you know, he's either pushing it. He was either hitting a lot of push fades or snapping it left because it looks like he's got the uh, the swing path almost outside in. So Lanny was very encouraged by what he saw with Spieth, and he thinks that Spieth is going to win soon. But to make him the favorite for the Masters – I wouldn't go that far yet because uh, although he, he won it in record style when he did win it, he also had some crash and burn there. And, uh, you know, you wonder what goes on between the ears. Got it. Did um, How hard was it uh, with golf, with COVID-19 and everything? Because I know usually you guys are right there and then whoever wins or, you know, you can't interview anybody, obviously, because of the, the distancing and everything. But I'm sure it was a huge challenge, right? Yeah, it, was, it, it stunk. I mean, <clears throat> on one level, first of all, we had a lot of tournaments canceled last year. Mm-hmm. Then we finally went back to work, and you had to do it under these very strict conditions. Um, you know, interaction with the players is completely different now. You know, just can't just go walking around on the range and stuff like that. Uh, the interviews, you're right. And then there's no crowd, and I think people don't realize – how much players feed off the crowd energy in golf, right? We've talked about it a zillion times with the NFL and how weird it is games being played when teams run out of the tunnel and it's like silent. And and you can, from the broadcast booth, when the Giants have a home game um, and there's nobody in the stadium and we're in the booth, you can literally hear all the hooting and hollering as the players are running out of the tunnel, guys trying to get themselves fired up. You can hear people talking smack back and forth. Weird, right? Guy scores a touchdown getting ready to celebrate and there's like dead silence in the building well golf feeds off the crowd a lot more than people think and i think the players talked about that last year about how difficult it was you know when you got on a run you'd feed off the crowd energy especially the big brand players like you know rory and tiger and mickelson and dustin johnson and Mm -hmm. you know the guys that have these big followings and now they make a great shot and it's like crickets and, you know, we, we, saw, we saw a guy make a hole in one, and there's like four people going like this. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. So uh, it's been a challenge, but the PGA Tour has done a really nice job as far as being able to get back to work, and uh, they were one of the first sports to kind of get back because the sport is conducive to social distancing, obviously. Um, but it's been bizarre, and it's still bizarre. And we're, we're going to have this tournament starting on Friday here, 
uh, at Omni Tucson National where there's always big crowds. For, I mean, this is one of the spots on the Champions Tour that gets big crowds. And with Mickelson being in the field uh, and Couples and Ells and Langer and VJ Singh and Ratif Goosen and, you know, yeah, some big I think eight World Golf Hall of Famers here this week, there's going to be nobody out there. It's bizarre. So who do you think is a sleeper for the Players' Championship? Ooh, sleeper for the, for the players or for the Masters? Uh, uh, for the players. Mm, the players. Mm, totally different kind of golf course. Yeah, you can get you can get outliers to win that thing. Um, let's see. I got to try to think of – everyone always picks Tony Finau, but until he actually wins, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reserve judgment on that. Uh, there's so many great players that are out there right now. I mean, you saw what Max Homa did last week. That was pretty impressive. I really like this kid, Sam Burns, even though he fell apart. Uh, we had him during the NCAAs um, when he was at LSU, and he's a good player. And obviously, you, know, you can't count out Bryson DeChambeau and what he's doing. So, you know, I, I can see I can see Dustin Johnson winning the players, though. He, he seems to just well, – he's one of the few guys that he does not seem to get in his own way when he's playing. Um a lot of the stuff that goes wrong with players is between their ears. Mm-hmm. And you never hear about Dustin Johnson fiddling with his swing, changing this. He's got that unorthodox hand placement at the top, and he doesn't try to change it to get better. He just goes out and plays. And I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think that serves to his advantage. It's kind of funny you talk about, you know, I'm dealing with that issue right now. Obviously, I, I don't know if you know, but the – the Big Daddy Celebrity Golf Classic is back, and uh, I had to go have a meeting. Knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had to go meet yesterday to re- in regards to how many people you can have at the event because, you know, you've been there. I draw a pretty big crowd, and uh, the, the state is about to change the law where you uh, can raise the capacity up to 50%. So that will allow me to have as many people as I need to have because Ohika, the, the grounds are 22 acres. So you, as long as you have the, this, the table set up the way they're supposed you know, you can have, uh, you know, several thousand people with masks, of course, and tables and high chairs and all that. So uh, hopefully that'll change, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, for the better, and, uh, and it should next month. So that'll allow things to go uh, clean and uh, free in June. Yeah, let's hope so, right? Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> things. It feels like things change constantly, and you know, let's hope we're on the right path to that happening, so yeah. that so that the event can happen. Like even yesterday, I was out here at the golf course during one of, during the pro am, <clears throat> and just driving around, taking a look at the golf course, chatting with players while they were playing in the pro am, and. Uh, one of the things I noticed was everybody was walking. You know, they, they gave uh, all the amateurs push carts. Um, the pro and his caddy had a cart, mm-hmm. but they gave the uh, they gave the amateurs push carts because um, they didn't want people riding in carts together, you know, for social distancing. So they said it's just better if everybody walks. So got it. Got to make adjustments. Yeah, got to make adjustments and uh, and. Like I said, I'm just learning the lay of the land, like I said yesterday. And, uh, 
because we also this year, uh, just so you know, Market Calendar, it's June 28th. It's a Monday. I know you're over I'm in town. If I'm in town, you know I'll be there. And uh, thank you. And uh, we also have uh, entertainment for that night as well, which is going to be big. But I can't it yet. Yeah, it'll be uh, a lot. I'm overstepping my boundary on this one. But, uh, really? yeah, it's, it'll be good, and it's a way to give back, obviously, and, and also uh, promote the event and take it to greater event, you know, greater heights. Nice. So it'll be good. Uh, I'll keep you in the loop on everything. And then uh, let's talk a little football. Uh, for me, obviously, this year was very difficult because, I, you know, I consider myself a fan and also uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call me, an insurance guy. But I happen to be around you every – for the last, I think, since 2005, I believe, or four. I was at every pretty much home and away game, and last year was the first time I – I didn't even go to the Super Bowl this year. You know, that's uh, – it was very, very, very difficult – for me, uh, watching and not being, because you're so used to being in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, it stunk. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, none of the radio broadcast teams traveled, so you did it from the facility for road games. Um, not being allowed to go on the field before the games. I mean, you, you the games that you were at the stadium, right, for us, <coughs> you pull in. Uh, they take your temperature, you walk into the stadium, you go to the elevator, you go up to the press box, you go basically into your booth, and that's it. There's no interacting with people in the press box. There's no going down on the field before the game and watching guys warm up and talk with people that you know, both on the Giants and on the visiting teams, because when you've been around it as long as we have, yeah. people move around, so, you know, You've come in contact with a lot of people, put it that way, and you get to know a lot of people. There were so many times during the course of the year there were like visiting teams that came in with coaches or former players that are now coaches or former players that are playing for another team that I really wanted to say hello to or guys I've gotten to know through my show on Sirius that have been, you know, that was like a guest on the show earlier in the week, and I wanted to catch up with them and just thank them personally for coming on and laugh a little bit about what we talked about. None of that. It's like so sterile. So it's uh, it's been odd, and you know I'm not, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm not holding out a ton of hope that it's like next year it's going to be that much different. I really don't. Yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic, and uh, you know it was hard for me. Uh, my brother, uh, who's on the Bill staff, you know they were here twice. Yeah. And uh, can't go see him. Can't go see him. Can't even go to the hotel. Nothing. And you know, I got some guys on the Browns, and uh, they came twice. And it's like, I actually the one game, um, I brought food on Saturday night to the stadium, and I basically went and I left it at the gate. <laughs> you know, like you're leaving it for someone who's kind of homeless. And they come to the gate and pick it up and take it in. And so I went to the stadium, dropped it off, and then I turned around and went home. And that was it, you know, because uh, – Did it stay overnight? Uh, no, they ate it. They ate it right there. You know, oh, okay. it was the equipment guys. Gotcha. So basically, they were setting up, you know, like they always do the night before. 
and uh, it's a dear friend of mine. So I, I told him, I said, yeah, uh, no problem. I'll bring it to you. And, and it's funny because, you know, I know some of the guys obviously over there. So they're like, oh, Big Daddy, why don't you come in? I'm like, look, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, uh, you know, this or that. So I'm fine with just here. And the guy came out, boom, see you later. That was it. So it was, you know, it's difficult for everybody. It's very impersonal. It's very uh, it's isolating. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing the NFL got the season in and on time and on schedule. Kudos to the league, the Players Association, and everybody involved with it. Um, but and it, it 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 took a lot of the fun out of it. You know, it made it made it feel like a job for the first time. Probably shouldn't say that, but um, because uh, it is a job, but it doesn't feel like a job on Sundays when it's a normal Sunday. It just feels like the coolest experience ever and how fortunate you are, however your role is to be a part of a, a Sunday NFL morning and like the stadium and the buzz and the anticipation and the buildup to kickoff. And yeah, this year was just very weird. I, I hope next year it's somewhat close to normal, but we hold uh, up. We'll see. Yeah. We hold out and hope. Um, all right. So listen, our Giants, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't dwell on it too much, but what do you think our, what do you think free agency was we should, uh, the Giants should do? If you had one, one, one thing, one position. Well, I'd like to see them keep, uh, I mean, I think they're going to keep Leonard Williams mm -hmm. one way or another. They're going to keep him. Um, but I'd love to see them keep Dalvin Tomlinson because I think um, Carl Banks has pointed some things out on film, like when you watch the film of him, of how good he really is. And I think he's a player that's going to get even better, like a Linval Joseph who they lost um, because they couldn't, they couldn't pay him at the time. Yeah. So uh, I would like to see them keep both of those guys. I, I think – I think free agency in the draft, it's like a combo entry here because they – I'll tell you what they need, right? They need a uh, a wide receiver. You know, I, I know Slayton is a nice young player. He's not as consistent as maybe you would want him to be. And he's not – I don't think he's a top-end kind of guy that scares the bejesus out of opponents. Yeah. So they need one of those guys. Um they definitely need help at the cornerback position. Um, you know, they had a, a rotating door opposite Bradbury. They got to get that solidified. And they need a pass rusher. Um, they need an edge rusher, whether it's a defensive end or a, an edge linebacker that gets after the quarterback. Um, they, <coughs> excuse me. They did a good job last year rushing the passer and doing it schematically. But I think – at some point in time, you got to have somebody on your defense that worries the opposing team's offense and that can help wreck a game. And I don't think they have that player right now. So the first round pick then should be whatever they whatever they didn't hit in free agency. Okay. In other words, like let's just say they wound up getting a wide receiver in free agency. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'll just throw a name out there, Allen Robinson, although yeah. I expect him to be back with the Bears. But let's say they got an Allen Robinson. Well, when they draft now, uh, they don't necessarily have to take a wide receiver in that spot. They can look to the edge rusher. They could look to corner. They can look to the best player available that also fits within a need group. 
So I think the draft will be – I think how they, how they view the draft will be sort of what happens in free agency. And they got to get another tight end too. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I haven't had the uh, good fortune of meeting uh, Joe Judge, but I think he did a great job last year. I, uh, you know, everybody has mixed reviews and this. this some people like uh, Coke, other people like Pepsi. But when you're looking at it as a football guy, I, I think Coach Judge did a, a a good job. You know, yeah, he did a very good job. Um, considering he had never been a head coach, and you know, jumping into that situation with the restrictions and everything else with COVID, uh, look, every every coach has their story, um, and all 32 coaches had to deal with it. Some scenarios were different than other scenarios, right? I mean, what Kevin Stefanski did in Cleveland is he we knew that they had a lot of talent it was a question was whether he could kind of first of all get everybody to shut up and get everybody pulling in the right direction and stefanski did an incredible job doing that as a first-time head coach obviously he had more talent to work with than judge did coming to the giants um but yeah i think the one thing about judge that was really impressive was what he said in his opening press conference as far as the type of team he wanted and what his expectation levels were, never wavered, never changed, whether it was having a disciplined players, how he handled things. He was very consistent. And I think players respect that uh, a lot when your head coach is consistent in what his message is and then how he acts on those messages. So here's the fun part of the last couple minutes here. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I get a laugh. I get to uh, have a laugh with my guest. And uh, when I ask these two questions, question okay. question one: What's your favorite restaurant in New Jersey? Uh, <laughs> that's easy. Go ahead. Uh, that would be uh, restaurant Restaurante da Benito. And where is that? That is uh, on the five corners uh, in Kenilworth. So it's right there where there's like Roselle, Kenilworth. It's called the five corners and Restaurante da Benito from uh, it's it's by far. It's not even close. Is that the place that you told me about? I think a year ago, when I when I uh, when I was out, at, uh, it was actually two years ago. I think you told me about it. Yeah, you were in Jersey doing something. I said yeah. that's where you got to go. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to get over there, so I still I have that on my uh, radar. It's, it's, there's no comparison. It's not even close. Second is the the battle is only for second. Got it. Got. It. <laughs> All right, I gotta I gotta put that on my hit list. Uh, and now the second question, I'm going to hand the mic over to you real quick, and you ask me a question. The only question that you're not allowed to ask is because it's become so overbearing is, how did I get the nickname Big Daddy? You can ask anything else except for that one. <laughs> I think we've, 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 we've uh, overkilled that question. How did you get the name Big Daddy? Okay, I won't ask you that one. So i got to come up with a question for you. Um What's the key to your uh, business success? Why you've been able to be so successful in the business that you're in? I think using the be in front of people formula is what's helped me. Obviously, you know that I've 
you know, from hanging around with all you guys, you know, with the Giants and with, you know, the certain players and whatnot, and being at places and, and having access to the things that I've been able to gain, I think that's really one of the things that's helped my business. And also being a person, that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And if I can't do something, I'll say I can't do something because I'm strong in some areas and other areas I'm not. So I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to admit what I'm good at and what I'm not. And also I can go and find the help to help me, let's say, answer a question or fix a problem or try to get to a certain area. I think those are the things that have really uh, helped me a lot and also good luck and fortune at the same time, you know. Good answer. So, uh, well, listen, all our, I want all the fans, all the viewers, all the listeners, tell everybody where they can find you, Bob. Uh, well, most mornings I can be heard on Sirius XM NFL radio from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Uh, if you watch the Champions Tour or College Golf on Golf Channel, you'll see this ugly mug. <laughs> and obviously, uh, during football season and even in the off season, basically, if you go to Giants.com or the Giants Twitter app or the Giants YouTube channel or Facebook page or whatever, there's some show that I'm on uh, as far as that's concerned. And if you want to follow my personal stuff, Twitter uh, at Bob Papa underscore NFL and Instagram at Bob Papa. That's pretty much it. So I will tell everybody that I've had the good fortune of being on your show a couple times. And uh, obviously, before this past season, I saw you regularly uh, every week, sometimes twice a week. And hopefully we get back to that sooner than later. And uh, I got to say, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. It's, uh, it's a thrill and an excitement for me because I know you and I know where you're at and where you've been and where you're going and – Shit, we were all we were all dressing together at one point. I mean, uh, we had our boy Bill Wynn uh, giving us the team sacks deal. We've got a we've got to re up that deal somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Well, you know what? It was we. It was the perfect year for the deal to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not as if, in a lot of cases, you were able to wear the clothing out at events. Yeah, and so. And so many TV shows that we've ho- that we've hosted during the course of the year, where normally you would get dressed up to do the shows. So many of the shows were done virtually, where they wanted you casual. So it's like this was the perfect year for it not to happen. Yeah, not to happen. <laughs> and uh, and my uh, suits. Uh, I'm now I'm down to the Nike stuff. So it's. Uh, you know, I don't. Right. Know. I think you got a pretty good inventory. I think I think the team sacks thing. I'm I'm sure you I'm sure you got a good inventory. Yeah, I do. Uh, my suits have suits, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you got you got about you got about seven or eight years worth of inventory in there. Yeah. Well, you know what? Since I've dropped about sixty pounds, the suits have become sort of double breasted. But uh, I've been talking to Bill Wynn about going to get those uh, readjusted and uh, refitted. So it's a good problem. Yeah, uh, exactly. Anyway, hey, enjoy uh, Tucson. And again, Bob, thanks for uh, coming on. I greatly appreciate it, and I hope to catch up with you real soon. And to everyone out there, uh, Big Daddy, Big Daddy and Friends, where I bring you the big-name uh, celebrities and friends of mine from the world of sports and entertainment. 
Until next time, I'll see everybody real soon.